What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Bears on Tap. Go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti46. And I'm also joined alongside by that pod guy, Duke, that pod guy, Duke, Dukey boy, aka Duke Coughlin. Um, and also beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. Go ahead and follow him at those handles. Today's kind of a free for all episode. We were gone for a little bit, but we're back now. Um, doing some fan questions, just going to talk about some of this training camp stuff. I mean, I know you boys get riled up the same way I do. Uh, you know, I, it's just so fucking annoying seeing these highlights and critiques of like, oh, David Montgomery looks faster and running a five-yard fucking slant. So it's just we're, we're in that situation here, but we're going to answer some questions for you. Gentlemen, how we doing? Um, so I got three things. One, Matt Nagy is still a jag off and a fraud. Two, Roquan Smith always has his meat on the fucking table. And three, the Chicago White Sox are the best team in baseball. Yeah, I mean, we did just lose to the Mets in three games in a row, but the Cubs are tied for first place. So we are pretty damn good at baseball as well. Uh, these training camp videos have been, you know, everyone has the knee jerk reactions around this time of the year, just like us, but. Football is right around the corner. Uh, me and Lucas talked about it just this very morning, how we actually physically need football in our life. So I cannot wait to see what the 2021 Bears bring. Matt Nagy said some shit. The Bears did some tweets. The typical run-of-the-mill few weeks absence, and nothing has changed. Andy's our quarterback the whole the whole nine. So. Yeah, I mean, beat on if you're going to so naturally start us off, why don't we talk about this? Because – I mean, there was a side-by-side with the way Kyle Shanahan answered this very similar question about Trey Lance and Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, who was actually their starter for a few years here now, who knows their system and has performed decently within that system, um, and Matt Nagy's answer. And it was just night and day. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. I've seen some comparisons, uh, some some bigger Twitter guys, I guess, for Bears Twitter, bloggers, podcast guys, whatever they're talking about. Um, how Matt Nagy and, and Kyle Shanahan are the same guy, but you know, they had a, they had a defense carry him to a later game, but we just had the double doink. I think that's an insane statement. I think Kyle Shanahan has made every quarterback he's played with or every, every quarterback he's coached. CJ Bethard, any any of those scrubs that they had to throw in when Garoppolo breaks a rib or, you know, he's fragile. He's and, I mean, and he runs a quarterback friendly system. So it just, I thought that was an asinine take. We're seeing some asinine takes like that out there, but essentially to wrap it up, Andy Dalton is the starter. That's what Matt Nagy showed us. That's what Matt Nagy told us in his press conference. He says Justin Fields super locked in. You know, he's fucking locked in. But Andy Dalton's the starter, and that doesn't seem like it's going to change. At least that's what he's kind of going with right now. Kyle Shanahan, on the other hand, said, hey, we're really comfortable with Jimmy. Trey Lance isn't there yet type thing. Like, if he gets there, though, we're building our team around him. We are making him the franchise quarterback. So if he's ready to fucking play, we're going to play him. And it's just night and day between the two guys. And we see this time and time again with Matt Nagy when he interviews and how he answers questions. Yeah, dude. And that's, it's kind of brutal on a lot of different stances. Like I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up uh, before I jump into that though. I do actually want to make a point. Um, Kyle Shanahan was coaching quarterbacks in the NFL when Matt Nagy was uh, jerking off in arena football. So that's not even comparison to me. Um, he was also, you know, grew up in the same house as Mike Shanahan who's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But again, I digress. Um, 
Yeah, you know, kind of jumping into that point about Matt Nagy and the way he kind of answers questions at the podium. You know, there's a lot of times where I just sit there and wonder, like, how would a better coach answer this question? And you have a ton of examples around the league. You know, we see how a guy like Mike Tomlin answers questions where he's very off the cuff, you know, very straight up with his answer. And then you have a guy like, like, say, a Bill Belichick, who uh, isn't really going to give you anything unless you ask him a good question. You know what I mean? Like, he's pretty particular and he's not going to give you any information regarding, you know, the status of a player or kind of uh, the situation with the team. And Matt Nagy, he just kind of uh, farts on his balls and sits in the middle because <laughs> really uh, does, because we hit the situation where like, and I, I kind of feel like you're rolling in the Eddie Goldman situation here, Lucas, um, where he discusses. And for anyone who doesn't know, Eddie Goldman did not report to OTAs and he's probably not going to report to OTAs. And Matt Nagy was asked about this and Matt Nagy basically gave an answer of it's an inexcused absence. You know, we're hoping he's going to be there by training camp. Like I talked with the higher ups and they didn't give me a whole lot. And it was a lot of really non-committal for Eddie Goldman. It didn't really paint Eddie in the greatest light. And, uh, you know, I really wish he just had a little bit more professionalism to know that that's not something the media needs to know. Like, obviously... No, 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 you're hundred percent correct. And and I got to give a shout out to my guy meter who listens to the show. Cause we were talking about this earlier and, and like, he kind of really was, was kind of thrown off by it. And I didn't see it that way, but it's kind of crazy when you see someone who's more of a fan um, and less of trying to like observe the team through a specific light. And, and he was just like, man, he kind of threw him under the bus and he did that time and time again with Anthony Miller. He did it with um, never did it with Allen Robinson though, of course, cause he's got to play his fucking favorites and suck on somebody's taint. Never uh, always did it with Mitchell Trubisky. Like he, he finds a way to throw people under the bus without actually throwing them under the bus. So it's a very like manipulative, really crazy trick that he does there. Um, but no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Entirely correct. We saw how bad our rushing defense was without Eddie Goldman and a way to kick things off. The guy is coming back from COVID, um, you know, opt out. So you're telling me that this guy, I'm, I'm guessing it's not that he doesn't want to play football, but that's what a lot of people are saying. Oh, he was sitting on the couch for the last year. Like that's how fans perceived it on Twitter. At least that's what I was seeing. He could have nipped it in the butt, but he didn't. Instead, he said, oh, this was a mandatory meeting. It was an inexcused absence. Now, think about the backlash he seriously could be facing if Eddie Goldman was not yet comfortable to come into the facility because of COVID issues and because of his lung uh, you know, his breathing issues, like how much backlash could that have? And I even heard Olin Cruz talking about it. He was pretty much saying, if you're Matt Nagy and the bears, if this is the real case, like speculating, if that's what it is, you got private jets, you got private doctors, go fucking fly out to where he is, make sure that he feels comfortable and get him back. You know what I mean? That's what a good organization does. It's like the DeAndre Jordan situation. You know, you just get Mark Cuban to lock you in, in his basement and the rest is history. He'll finally come back. But yeah, my thing is, is you know, Kyle Shanahan's like MotorWorks and Matt Nagy's like the trailer that's attached to a lot that has like a bunch of used cars. Like that's that's the difference. Matt Nagy is still a work in, pro- in progress. And, and to be honest, like who, who knows what his job status is? Like if if we go under fire and we're not a playoff team and they don't see valid improvements, like he's as good as gone. So for our talking heads and and the guys that get to wear suits instead of sweatpants and a t-shirt and talk about the team. I think that's a little bit of an outrageous take, but on the topic of Eddie Goldman, I just feel that 
without getting like canceled it's just like yeah it, it sucks but i do feel that we are really on the other side of this this virus and obviously i know people that you know have had family members that have passed away from it so i'm not you know downplaying it but it's just like get the vaccine he should have the vaccine right get the team out there talk to him if he doesn't you know every star player you see it in movies you see it in tv shows you've seen it on teams that you've played in they've gotten a little bit of preferential treatment where there's a will, there's a way. And like Olin Cruz said, the Bears just have to find that way to where he's comfortable. With. He could go run and do shit by himself on, on a separate field. Like, I don't know what their setup's going to be. It's not going to be the same that it was in Bourbon A, but I'm sure there is space for Eddie Goldman to do the damn thing by his damn self and get his conditioning and all that stuff in while under team supervision. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say, you know, like we are kind of on the other side of this hill. Um, but if he's not comfortable with it, that's something that we can dis- discuss as a podcast. You know what I mean? That's not something that Matt Nagy, someone who represents Eddie Goldman, should put on blast. Go ahead, dude. Keep it close to the waist, as I would say. Or to the well, best. This is the fucking <laughs> they always want to say in Hell's Hall. I'm well, just a jag off. <laughs> and to put it in a full context, this is kind of, this is what Matt said when asked about whether or not it was related to COVID. This is his exact quote. I can't say that I know that we had a discussion as far as me talking to Ryan and just knowing everything that is going on and just talking to this coaches don't get into a whole lot of details. And that's okay. The way I look at it, honestly, it it is where we're at right now that uh, the guy that show up are the guys that are here. And the same thing when we get into training camp, that will speak volumes as to where the guys are as well. Do we wish he was here? Absolutely. Because we think he's a hell of a player and he has been out a whole year. So I can't specifically tell you that I know that for sure. So, yeah, you know, like we were saying, Matt Nagy just wanted to kind of go everywhere with this quote. He's, he's a like, shitbag. He's like demonizing him, but then he's like, oh, he's a hell of a player. But we don't know where he's at. But we're happy that the guys here are, that are here. That's, that's my guy, but fuck him. Exactly. <laughs> <And> that's, just, <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's just information that does not need to be getting handed out. And this is exactly why Kyle Shanahan is the fucking white castle of coaches and Matt Nagy is the crystals. I don't even know how to accept that. I that's, guess for that's White Castle be, that's fans. That's got to be some White Sox shit, bro. I've People never even heard of anything that White fucking Castle. dumb in my life. <laughs> but, no. Quick, no trip, I, quick trip in uh, whatever Amico or whatever shit gas station. Yeah, hey, quick trip out. ain't spelled with a Q, motherfucker. Hey, no, bro. No, but before we get brewers tickets at gas stations out there. <laughs> before we get too off topic, no, but it's, it's a common theme in the way Matt Nagy interviews, and I was kind of sporadic on it before, but the – It's just, I don't understand how you can make that statement. Like he's in seven different places. That answer to one simple fucking question was like the Charlie Day meme from, from uh, always sunny in Philadelphia with the fucking ropes everywhere. Like, what are you doing, bro? Just say he wasn't at camp. We're trying to get him here. Like, that's all you need to say. And there was a Jason Leicester or whatever his name is. One of the reporters leisure. Yeah. One of the reporter, God, I can't read. That's terrible. Uh, how did I box that that bad? I just, bro? I just know from <laughs> I, if I saw it, I would mess it up. But I just know from watching them. No, but I, I think heard it, was, it in my in like the press conference, like host's voice, like Jason Leisure. Yeah, no, but it was him or Patrick Finley or one of those guys, maybe JJ Stankovitz last year when they were talking about Cody Whitehair's health, and he's like, "I'm not really sure." And he's like, you're the head coach. How do you not know? How the fuck do you not know why he's not there? You either say, I don't want to disclose it. He's not here and he needs to be, or we're working on getting him here. Like I, that's why I appreciate the Belichick or the Tomlin uh, approach, because you're either a, you're always defending your players. And 
as someone like Bill Belichick does it actually really well. Um, and you don't notice it because he just seems like such a jag off, but he takes all that brunt because he seems like such a jag off. You know what I'm saying? Cause he's not willing to give anything to the media. I just prefer that if you're going to pretend like you're this close to the best guy that doesn't divulge much, you, you divulge just nothing but dog shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you just regurgitate dog shit. Well, dude, just, just be consistent. That's, that's all we ask, dude. Be consistent. Be who you are. Be one or the fucking other. But when you try to play both sides, like you were saying, you're just getting shit. Go ahead, B-Don. As the chief executive officer of being able to bullshit someone to death, like, you just got to do better, bro. Like, I know from several conversations in my own life that, like, if you need to beat around the bush, you can beat around the bush. But when you have a room full of people that are writing down everything that you say, that are getting paid to write about what you say, they're going to, you know, they're going to put stuff out of context. And, and even some of the stuff that, that Matt Nagy says, no matter which context you look in it, you're just like, this guy is a jag off. Like, why does he say what he, what he says? And like, as someone who has, I guess you would say, push the wrong button in an actual press conference. Like I asked like a game plan question, like a dumbass. And coach Hammock was like, uh, I think they watched these, so I don't think we're going to cover that one today, Pete. On, and I'm just like, all right, you, I'm like, you're right. fucking reporter <laughs> down 300, right? Yeah, there. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you're totally right. My bad. Like, I got you, bro. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like right now he needs to be focused on that quarterback room and and progressing Justin to the point where it's even earlier than we saw Mitch, like Andy Dalton got a nice like uh severance pay because he's probably going to be done after this give him a nice 10 mil like cuddy did in miami and see you later go go to an announcer's booth or go work for fox or something even still i don't even want fuck let flip just develop him just let flip do his thing and that's actually one of the videos i saw on 1920 uh whatever what is it 1920 football drive or whatever the their series is Really cool series. I like it. It's like their own little mini hard knocks. If you guys haven't watched it, it's it's gotten really popular this year. Um, and our guy Alap actually writes writes an article uh, recapping every single episode. So go ahead and check that out at ontapsports.com. Shameless little plug right there. But long story short, Flip is really enthusiastic when he's working with Justin Fields. I I like that a lot. It just seems like him and Laser have a good like good cop bad cop type vibe going on, and I feel like that's good for the development of um you know, of Justin Fields. Now I'm not going to say here, like Matt Nagy's just a complete piece of dog shit, but there are certain things within what he does. And I, no, he's a dog. He's dog shit. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't go back from it. Like I, I just tried to like play, play the side for him. I tried to play the fence. I tried to play devil's advocate and I can't because he can't call an offense. He can't fucking do an interview. He can't put the right personnel on the field. He can't fucking get any points out of his own. I mean, it's just ridiculous, bro. And I actually rewatched that green Bay Packers game. Go back. Everyone out there, go back and watch Matt Nagy's first game in Lambeau field. Watch the last three minutes. I don't care about the 17 points that got uh, bled up. I don't care about them not scoring the whole second half. I don't care about any of that. Just watch the last three minutes, the clock management and the play calling. I guarantee you this man has not learned a fucking thing in his entire three years as a Chicago Bears coach. And what I mean by that is did not use timeouts, had them under three minutes, was at the Bears were at their own 16 yard line. I forgot about that. First and fucking 10. You know what they do on third and one? They throw the ball short of the sticks. I can't make this shit up, bro. He hasn't learned a fucking thing. Go ahead, dude. 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess to kind of pile on, like I try to black out that game as much as possible because I never, I've never been up so high and down so low in the matter of a three-hour game. Um, besides maybe the Super, the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, but yeah, to kind of jump on, you know, kind of, I guess, end this out with the whole Eddie Goldman situation. I thought Dane Trevathan answered the question like a true head coach should. You know, not throwing his player under the bus. When Ed, when Danny Trevathan was asked about Eddie Goldman, this is what he had to say. Eddie Goldman loves his job. I know he's going to be here this year. He's been working his tail off. He looks totally different. I've been communicating with him as much as possible. He loves the Bears. He's going to come ready to work. Like, is that not the most, like, put your fucking meat on the table for your guy answer? Like, dude, I'm getting fired up just hearing that quote. And that's that's the kind of shit that Danny Trevathan does. That's why we're a Danny Trevathan po- podcast. That's why we fucking were woke to the fact that, hey, he maybe started a little bit slow after his injury, but by midseason, he was fucking completely back to being Danny Trevathan. And, of course, Cuck Pagano would just put him in awful positions for some reason, covering Corey Davis one-on-one from the slot. Chuck Pagano would put him on time. We don't refer to him as Chuck. We refer to him as Cuck because he is a master of the Cuck hold. Drop season. (laughs) Drop that H, baby. Go ahead, Vidon. I also have a claim. Uh, If you remember KT from from the Bears draft stream, he said the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go to the playoffs this year. So I don't don't know if you remember him, but I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, your boy. Your boy that, uh, that was at our draft party, right? Yeah, he said the Jacksonville Jags are going to go to the playoffs. Tim Tebow is going to make the team. I'm like, all right, dude. I I think Tim Tebow. I don't think either of those statements are outrageous. Tell KT <laughs> to give me a text because I I don't mind either of those statements. I think they have what it takes to go to the playoffs. It's not like that division is super stacked. Like the Colts are pretty good, but ooh, I saw some buffoonery on the timeline from our favorite boxer brief where uh, George thinks that the Vikings are going to go 11 and six. Yikes. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's All right, hold on. I have to get this on my boxer. <laughs> There's no fucking way, George. I'm sorry. It's not going to fucking happen, my friend. No, that's in, that's that's insane to me. Yo, I'm going to come on this microphone right now. That that came out very bad, but I am going to say that this I am is coming our on this microphone right now, bitch. <laughs> this is our division to lose if Justin Fields is our quarterback. And especially with this A-Rod saga, we're not going to dive into that again, but it still looks like it's just as bad as it was last time we talked to you guys. So um, that's definitely something. We got fan questions to do. Is there anything? Oh, Allen Robinson's back in training camp. Um, You know, that's that's great. A lot of people were speculating that it's because Matt Nagy was so fucking great and so pivotable, but I think it's because he got paid $100,000 to fucking go practice in shorts. I think that's probably yeah, a big mean, part of it. If we know anything about Allen Robinson, he's been pinching pennies for the last three or four years. He probably shops at all of you and shit. So yeah, that hundred grand goes a long way. <laughs> no doubt. I see Allen Robinson when I'm fucking penny pinching at all of you. Allen, Allen Robinson waking up like me looking at his account like dog. <laughs> Allen Robinson did come out and say that he's not going to hold out during training camp. So that he is said he's, significant. Maybe he he's said he's not holding page. out. And he's fucking came in because he didn't want to fucking pay the fines. Those were his yeah, exact words. Well, yeah, no, I get that. But it's like, yeah. still, the it fact all, he said that he's not going to hold out. And he's being pinched, bro. I'm I mean, he's still still a jag off, but he's not, at least he's not going to cause that sort of headache. Bro, because he's getting paid more than like any fucking receiver in the league right now. He's getting paid as like a top three or top four receiver as a franchise player. Like Dude, so do not he's like tell me. Three in speed. 
Do not tell that to his agent. He will fucking he will roast you on Brandon, the the fake beat on the imitation yeah. beat his on will come agents, after you. His agent's probably been maxing out all his credit cards. Like, yeah, my guy's about to get paid, like, and he just didn't get paid. So now his agent, you know, you know, so he's gonna get he's gonna get left behind like a college player who gets injured, he like, who's been hanging out with a fucking agent before he gets drafted. Yeah. He's that's out there exactly like renting like two hundred thousand dollar gold chains, and he's just like, bro, dude, I was supposed to get. Like, Allen Robinson's my client. He's supposed to get this fucking contract, bro. When you go to Florida and you see, like, the tools that rent, like, the Lambos and, like, the Maseratis, and you're just like, buddy, get over yourself. All right, so check this now. Wait, it, Duke, wasn't there one more thing you wanted to get through before we got to the uh, the fan questions? Oh, well, I mean, I guess I kind of covered it in the intro. Um, I'm not going to get nuts with it because I do want to answer these fan questions. I want to make sure we have enough time for that. But, um, man, Roquan Smith, if if any of you haven't listened to Roquan Smith's interview with the media, I highly suggest going and doing so. He's a very pointed individual. He seems very motivated. He seems kind of like he did last offseason when he was coming into the facility after all the uh, all the boat talk and all that fun stuff was going on. Bro, he's just um, got a fucking hammer. I'm tired of people well, talking about Roquan Smith. Yeah, it's, dude. We got listen, to crop, crop his face over the, uh, the Don guy. Listen, I would just highly recommend if you are someone who wants to get fired the fuck up, you want someone who's going to put their meat on the fucking table, go listen to that Roquan interview. Hit Like, probably my favorite quote of that entire interview, or there was two of them. One of them was they asked why he was the only defensive starter to go in, and he's like, basically like, yeah, that's none of your business. I'm here because I want to do work. That was basically his fucking answer. And then another question he got was – um why are you putting in this much work when all your other teammates, it was essentially the same question. And Roquan came out and said, well, if you're not getting better, in my opinion, you're getting worse. And that's like, that's the most just fucking goddamn hundred percent lunch pail guy. Table, yeah. Dude. That's all it is. Just lunch pail guy with a hammer. There's no getting around it. He's just fucking a football robot that just determined to get better. And I love every bit of it. Um, but let's get to these fan questions. Cause we're not short on time, but sometimes we go a little bit long with them. Um, we actually have a couple here about offensive linemen. There's there's a lot about the offensive line, actually. So I'm going to put these three together, actually, just we're because. Phone, we're phoning in Ron Luce right now as we speak. <laughs> yeah, because Ron Luce is one of them. But then we also have uh, David Mears, and his at is Phoenix P429. Says, what's the plan for our two rookie O-line? We also have Paul R0123. Um, he asks – which players are competing at both tackle spots and who are the ones so far. And then his last, uh, the last question is from Ron loose at loose on tap would love to know the team's confidence on the starting O line, which, which guys most confident can last, or I'm sorry, which guys most confident can least ECT. The fuck is Ron trying to say to me? Most confident guys do last. I will tell you that. (laughs) Would love to know the team's confidence in the starting O line. Which guy's most confident? Oh, okay, I get it. Who are we, like, very confident in on the line, and who are we not that confident on the line? Anybody with? that went to Notre Dame. That makes sense. So that's th- – I mean, we got three different people asking questions, but, to, you know. To the Phoenix one- guy, to the Phoenix guy, sons and four. 
Who's gonna be the Who's gonna be Who's gonna be the Bears? Who's gonna be the Bears in four guy? We got three of us. Who's gonna end up being Bears? It's gonna be me. I'm gonna fight at Soldier Field. That's the best. Chesty hanging out in like forty degree weather. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking be ragdolling Buzz all over, just fucking just destroying Buzz is fucking just trying to stop me. Oh, dude, you know I'm, that I'm guy. You know it. that guy's had a good week if he's a uh, rally in the valley guy or whatever their hashtag is. But yeah, to go to the, like the offensive line, I, I did see an article. I don't remember who it was from, but they said that Sam Musfer is continuing to just like wow everyone. I don't know where he fits like with a fully healthy line if he's going to be in the starting lineup or if he's able to have an opportunity to earn a spot, but. I think that the issue with the Bears offensive line that we've seen over the last few years is the depth. And with the injuries that have happened, I mean, which at the offensive line position are imminent, like they're going to happen to some, someone's going to get rolled up on, someone's going to mess up an angle or near whatever, like a 300 pound man. And all you do is just, you just use brute force to push people back. Like stuff's going to go wrong. Yeah, exactly. And right now, what I would say is, Keep an eye on Mustafer. Like I said, I don't think he'll be a starter. I do. I, I do. I got to. Yeah. yeah go ahead. I, and that's, and that's coming from the Notre Dame guy. I don't know what they have planned. Obviously with Tevin Jenkins, very excited to see, uh, you know, they could put him at right tackle. They could put him at left tackle. It doesn't really matter. He can play on both sides and the athleticism. And again, back to the brute force, like, the way he was ragdolling people in college, like we can only hope that that translates over to the NFL. Larry Borum, if that's how you say his name, I know I'm not a great name guy. Just literally Andre the Giant, dude's just built like the Hulk. Like, very rarely do you see a man of that size and stature not adjust to the NFL. I think the preseason is going to be very important, and especially for those players last year that didn't get the preseason uh, the way they would have wanted it. I feel that this year, the, even the second-year guys and the young guys like Buster, I was about to say Bustafer and Mars. Holy shit! He's a lot Bustafer on everybody's face. <laughs> yeah. so. no, pretty much. <laughs> like to to make it my Notre Dame minute of the episode. Like you're gonna get 110 percent from those guys, and they're very coachable. If you saw how the Notre Dame linemen were in the Senior Bowl with this year's class, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think we had four of them drafted. You're just gonna get a guy that comes into comes into his job every day and wants to make the team better and in the process makes themselves better. And we saw that down the stretch with, uh, I almost said it again, most firm bars. And then obviously the two young guns. So that's a lot to unpack. I tried to do my best with the three questions. I think I naggied it a little bit, but you're good. No, you know what you're going to get with Daniels and white hair. It's really, what are we going to get with those other guys? And that's where the difference is going to be made. For sure. And I think the right tackle is the only one really up for discussion. I want to get your input on it, Duke. Yeah. So kind of where I'm at with all of the offensive line, I guess I'll just kind of answer this as one question. Um, So obviously Tevin Jenkins is going to be our left tackle. I don't think there's any question about that at this point. Um, You're going to see James Daniels and Cody Whitehair possibly move out to the guard positions with potential Sam Mustafer moving to guard or uh, moving to center. If that's not how they end up doing it, I could see a potential Alex Bars playing at right guard with Sam Mustafer being kind of that sixth guy coming off the bench, just because I feel like they really like Mustafer at center compared to guard. I, it all depends. It all depends on where they want to play Cody Whitehair next year. If they play him at center, it's going to have to be Bars because they have they did not move Mustafer around at all. 
And if it is going to be Mustafer in the, in the middle, obviously you're going to have Daniels, Mustafer, and uh, Whitehair, which would almost probably be a better situation. Um, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I'm just kind of thinking of like how many different scenarios there could be. Because also with right tackle, if we're going to have Jermaine Effetti playing out there, which is kind of where we have him lined up right now, that kind of leaves an intriguing kind of idea in my head that they're not totally sold on him. Like I understand, you know, obviously I really liked what, what we got out of Jermaine Effetti at right guard last season, but he's historically been really bad at right tackle. Like even when he was serviceable last year, he's still been pretty bad over his career. And I don't trust him over a 17 game season going against pass rushers. Um, I'm also, I guess I'm not necessarily on the hype train as much as everyone else with Lord, uh, Larry Borum. No, like, he's, I, no I'm, he's a you. rookie. He's a rookie. You know, I understand like everyone's, you know, posting him on Twitter and, you know, blowing their fucking loads about him and that's fine. Like, I hope, I hope he ends up being a stud, but it's, it's hard for a late round offensive lineman to kind of make an impact immediately in the NFL. I think you're going to see a guy like uh, Larchavius Simmons, who is a guy we drafted last year, who might actually end up pushing for a little bit of playing time. And we have a guy like Arlington Hambright, who is also a very large human being who now has an official year of NFL you know, experience under his belt. Those are guys who are also going to be pushing for playing time. So I think there's a lot, I, I think there's a lot of different players with potential to play on this offensive line. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big Alex Bars guy. I feel like I've made that pretty, you know, pretty known over the course of this podcast. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was kind of that sixth guy coming off the bench, just because I feel like he can play damn near every position on the offensive line. But, um, you know, I think kind of the uh, battle to look at is going to obviously be, like you said, right tackle. But um, I think with how they feel about Jermaine Effetti, I could see him getting a chance out there, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Larchavius Simmons line up out there, potentially even Alex Barr's line up out there. So well, I hope did, that, hope that kind of answered the questions. They did. They did. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but they did uh, sign that veteran as well. And I, I, I couldn't see that being out of bounds. I see them. Okay. So here, here's my thing. You already got a couple really um, young I, guys. That was uh, Elijah Wilkerson, I believe. Okay. Yeah, no, and, and I'm not saying, you know, he's a, he's a quality starter in the NFL, but I can't say Jermaine Effetti is that good at tackle either. This is why it gets a little interesting because I think realistically with your interior, you have it set. Like you have white hair, you have Mustafer, who in my opinion, I know we're Alex, we're an Alex Barth podcast, but Sam Mustafer at center was much more effective than Alex Barth at guard. So I could see, and, and you know, Daniels has had this trouble with, whether it's communication or making the calls or whatever it is for James Daniels, which I don't think it has to do with intelligence. I think it has to do with vocal ability or whatever, because obviously he graduated in like three years with a fucking biology degree. So he's, I'm sure he's able to decipher a defense and make a call. Who's the mic. But I just think the reality of it is, you know, Daniels is probably going to go back to guard. I don't like white hair at center, even though like he's, he's a stabling force and he, he can make all those calls and stuff like that. But Mustafer did that as well. Mustafer has been doing that for his career. Mustafer seemed to just work really well. Everything seemed to run a lot smoother with the running game when Mustafer got plugged in at center and white hair is a pulling guard. White hair could take some motherfuckers out. So, and I, I mean, it's, it's very obvious at this point that I think Tevin Jenkins is starting at left tackle. I'm, you know, in terms of Ron Luce's question with the, the confidence, I'm actually not as confident with Tevin Jenkins at left tackle right away. He's not like a Makai Becton where he was that for sure. Hey, you're going to plug him in at left tackle. Like, I think he's a very good player. I think as a prospect, he's unbelievable, but I think there's going to be a little bit of a growing period for him at left tackle. They, you know, he only had, I think 250 snaps at left tackle in, 
in college. So it's not like he primarily played it his whole life. I think there's going to be an adjustment period, but he's going to have to learn how to do that. Right. Um, and, and even, I do have confidence. You can think about it like this too, like the grown man strength. Like he's just been bullying people in college. Like he's, he's just been, he's murdered, not going to yeah. be able to do that. It will at least right out the gates, you know, like it's going to take some time to get to that level. Who knows? I mean, Aaron Donald was the same way and then he came well, in bullying. So I'm not, and that, that's kind of like, and I'm just going to just interject just super quick. I mean, that's kind of the biggest reason I was surprised when we got rid of Leno was because I kind of thought the idea when we drafted Jenkins was a play him at right tackle and keep exactly. for another year left tackle. And then we're set. So I think that right tackle is really what we're going to be rotating here or, or looking in. I don't think it's going to be Larry Borum. I think it's a Fetty or, or a veteran, someone to stabilize a younger offensive line. I know you got white hair there, but Daniels has really only played one year. He got injured really quickly uh, last year. Um, yeah, he got drafted, what, 2018? No, he's played two. Yeah, but he's been injured for a good portion of his time there. Um, yeah, he came in 2018. You're right. You're right. He was a second round pick in 2018. So, and then you got because when he played in 19, he was uh, he was like one of the best guards in football. Yeah, he was unbelievable, actually. Um, and then you know when you look at someone like Tevin Jenkins as a rookie, you have Sam Mustafer, who's an undrafted guy, and you know really only got a little bit of playing time last year. So I think you're going to need a stabilizing force other than Cody Whitehair on that line. Um, you know, and that's kind of why we all, I was willing to overinvest to protect Justin Fields, but who knows if Andy Dalton's going to be the starter week one, maybe, maybe you need to have some younger guys out there, let them get knocked up a little bit until Justin Fields comes in. Um, but yeah, we got one la- knocked up, knocked around, whatever fucking dude, get out of my, we're face. just dusting tonight, dude. It's late as hell. Yeah, no, today's a very casual episode. I let the guys know. So we're just ball farting with you guys. Um, and then we have. Our guy, so our one guy asked us like a seven-part question, so we're going to try to get to as many as possible. Maybe only one more. Goldman, he asked about Goldman. This is um, Paul, Paul R0123. Do you think Pace extends Robinson? If not, will Robinson request a trade? I don't believe Allen Robinson gets extended. I think the situation has gotten to the point where the Bears are, are not um, – not willing to budge anymore. You know what I mean? I think they kind of got tired of Brandon Parker. That's just my opinion. I have no inside information. I'm not going to claim to have yeah, information. No, bi- no bias information either. No, no, no motherfucking Allen Robinson every day of the week and twice on Sundays in your personal life. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I think you have too many ducks to get in a row, bro. I think you're no, going to you're gonna have to pay someone like Roquan Smith in the coming years. Like if you really want James Daniels, you think he's going to stay healthy. Like you're going to have to pay some players coming up. Um, and I think you're going to need to make a couple adjustments next year's offseason. I think the Bears are going to have to are, are going to have a chance to make another splash. So that's just my personal opinion. What do you guys think? Do you think he's getting extended? Yeah, I mean, super quick. I'm a big Allen Robinson guy. Obviously, I got a signed picture of him. You know, I've I've always liked him. Um, I think there's no way he gets extended, and I think he gets traded at the deadline if we are sitting at 500 or below. I like that. I mean, I've said it on this podcast and I've said it a thousand times. He had the chance to go down as the most memorable and probably the best Bears receiver in the history of the team. And without that second contract, that's probably not going to happen. But serviceable while we had him. Uh, A lot of headaches the last year or two. But, yeah, like for reasons that you guys have both stated, it's just like it's probably better for him to move on and and go play for a team like the Ravens or somewhere else that – he's going to get the money and maybe have a a quote unquote better chance to win it all. So that's what he's going to say. And he's, you know, value wise, you want to get something for him. You don't want to just let him walk. So, yeah, I would say, 
And and you think about just value, trade value in general for receivers. Like it's not think, high. how the fuck did Julio. Stephon Diggs get two fucking ones and then Hopkins only gets a two? I and I know you're dealing yeah, with Yeah, and then Julio two. got like two second rounders. Julio got a I think it's a second and a fourth, and then the Tennessee has to give back a sixth or something. So we're like looking that. at like a third rounder for Allen Robinson. No, but Allen's younger, so I, I would say that. Um Allen's younger. But we're just up on time anyway, so that about does it for our episode. Um, you can go ahead and follow Bears on Tap or um, on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. Follow me at Lucas Perfetti46. I'm also joined alongside by my guys, Beat on 300, Brandon Suarez, and that pod guy, Duke Duke Coughlin. We love you guys, and we will be back with you in a week or so. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.